You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 332nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. Shoutouts to all you cool cats and curly bar cuties. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt, 6K Allen in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Boston. I don't know if 6K is a, a, a reference to your resolution on your monitor or what, little guy, but I'm glad that you brought that up because I just turned in my personal best 5K mm. uh, this past week. Eddie, um, you know, I felt a little off my game, but it was like a 12 and a half minute 5K. Yeah. I, is that it, good? It seems believable. I mean, I be. saw a video of you out there running with your, your um, basketball shorts on. Uh-huh. Um, and these aren't John Stockton shorts. These are Allen Iverson shorts. Well below the knee. You look like you were in some great form, looking good out there. Well, I totally I, believe it. I had the Reebok pumps just jacked up to like 100 PSI, so I was feeling pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So a little icy out here in New England, but I think I made do. Yeah, as long as you run in a straight line. It's on no my turns. Strava, so it can't be uh, disputed. No, that's no. that's Strava science. That's it doesn't get more accurate. In fact, than that. since you're a runner or since uh-huh. you're a cyclist, we should go to the running expert in cycling, Michael Woods, to get the real deal impact on um, on the numbers. Because you must be an all class athlete if you're running that fast in a five k, Spencer. No, you know I'm just a part time uh, runner. You know, just kind of casual every now and then. I ride my bike a lot though. Yeah. <laughs> Good crossover. Here and there. Could totally say that. Straight face. Were, yeah, yeah. were you rollerblading? Um, no. Definitely running. Didn't have my Heelys on or anything. My, your Heelys running in Heelys? My favorite part about Pidcock's 5K was that Pidcock, up until, as far as I know, he may have changed this, but Pidcock was conspicuously silent about mm-hmm. his effort, whereas Michael Woods was quick to jump in. And say that eh, maybe he was on like 15 and a half pace. Mm-hmm. It was diplomatic. It was well done. It was very diplomatic. But I do like that he must have just gotten blown up on Twitter. Where everyone just hitting up, you know, old Woodsy, like our, mm-hmm. nati- like our native runner. Like he's our expert on everything. He's the Bowerman. I mean, I believe it. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, a 13, uh, 25 is what... Pidcock said he did, which is, you know, f- it's it's perfect because it's not the record for the UK, but it's five seconds off. Like, it's close enough that he's like, oh, if I was trying, I could have mm-hmm. easily done that. Definitely had it in him, yeah, yeah. If he'd known, if he hadn't stopped for a lolly in the middle or something. Right, exactly. Like, that's that's how you want to do it when you're, uh, you know, going for gold. You don't want to do the um, – you don't want to overdo it and cause undue suspicion, yeah. but uh, – you want to get second place. Woodsy could smell that one a mile away. So I'm uh, I'm curious how this is going to play out on the road going forward. Hmm. Definitely but- retribution attacks from Pidcock is what I say. <laughs> yeah. So so are they going to be buddies or are they going to be enemies because of the running um, rivalry now? So that's, uh. that's an interesting question because you, you got to think Woods is like – maybe the only guy in the Peloton that really takes running any kind of seriously. Um, everybody else is obviously well, if you're a cyclist. You're way too cool for running. Come on. I've I mean, never run. Chris, Chris Froome <laughs> uh, r- runs quite well. That's uh, true. Yeah, that's true. I did see him do that in the tour for a little while. Yeah, he did that 1K uphill. But so I'm thinking Woods probably doesn't have a whole lot of uh, guys on his side of the argument in the Peloton, but at the same time, you can't have somebody come onto your team then who's faster than you. Like this is going to be like a, this is a, this is a, a classic Grand Tour 
uh, two liter yeah. situation. You can't have that. There's two things here. Um, one is going to be a sidebar real quick. Four years post Chris Froome running up the hill. Has it aged well? I don't think it has. I, I think it's still, I still go like, what the hell was he doing? Why was he running without a bike? It was weird. Yeah. It's still really, really weird. It's still confusing. Right? Like the, the thought okay. process behind, I bet I, I did just keep going. <laughs> I don't even remember why it happened. I, li- I literally have no memory of it. Like what happened? Well, he had like, I think I blocked it well, out. He like had a flat, right? And then, then he just started running without a bike. Like, and you think about it because he was waiting for the neutral support. I mean, yeah, it's, it's totally asinine and crazy. It's genius. Yeah, what it but is. okay, that's the sidebar. We'll close that sidebar. Let's get back to the um, the actual uh, running competition. So it's race day in mm-hmm. the um, in the race hotel. Free continental breakfast. You guys have all been there in a hotel lobby on a race day. Everyone's down there trying mm-hmm. to get to that waffle machine. Uh, because it's a long line if you, if you if you don't get to the waffle machine. Who wins the sprint out of the elevator? Um, Woods or um, Pidcock? I mean, I got to guess Pidcock because he's got that youthful snap, right? And But it depends, like, where how far are they from the elevator? I mean, if it's longer, maybe mm-hmm. Woods has got it's, him because he's I've, got the endurance, I'm sure. Well, and Woods has also got the veteran experience, right? He mm-hmm. knows how to sharpen the elbows, kind of. The old yeah. dog still has tricks, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's going to he know how knows. to... Um, yeah, Th- throw a table I, I, in his way. I think the cycle cross start line experience for Pitcock is going to pay off here, though. Uh, I think okay. he's gonna right. he's gonna hit that. Uh, you know, he's gonna get there and get the uh, the last Danish before uh, Woods even you know okay. realize the elevator door is opened. Yeah, you win yeah, the breakfast and then you point. lose the bike race later because you're too heavy. So obviously, if we're talking about five Ks, there's been a lot going on in the world of biking, but it's also Valentine's Day, which means appropriately it was supposed to be the 11th annual Doc Hollywood Invitational. Now, this is a ride that you guys have joined me on countless times. Um, This Mm -hmm. is the ride that I have promoted in Micanopy, Florida for 10 years. This would have been the 11th year. And being Uh. the responsible promoter that I am, I canceled it the night before Mm -hmm. um, during the middle of a pandemic. Um, In my defense, I had never, I didn't even create a Facebook event page for this. So, it's be postponed until October um, to coincide with the Grady Squash Festival, um, which, you know, we see the biggest squashes in all of the South uh, happen. Uh, this great. is the festival that was, of course, um, uh, highlighted in the amazing Doc Hollywood movie. So make mm-hmm. sure you check that out. <laughs> but what's impressive was that I got hit up by multiple people to Travis McCabe, your 2019 U.S. Criterium national champion. Um, and uh, he was racing for Israel Cycling Academy last year over in Europe. Mm-hmm. Recently retired. Apparently, he moved to Orlando, Florida. Not that I haven't started Strava stalking him now, but yeah, yeah, top level pro living in Orlando now. That's that's pretty cool. He went up to Micanopy. He drove up there. He didn't call me. Kind of, kind of mad about that. Uh, mm-hmm. And he met uh, world class, world famous arguably the best cycling photographer I've come across, Jared Gerber, formerly of Time U23 development team. Yeah, they went and they rode the Doc Hollywood course, and then they put it all over um, the Castelli Instagram page. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, those are my roads. Yeah, Yeah. but they didn't call me. Um, I will have it say that they did not beat me in any one of the segments. <laughs> I still have the KOM, but really, they, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that they could beat me quite easily. Well, yeah. normally I hit these segments in a group. Yeah. Um, those mm-hmm. guys were just kind of lollygagging around, but I will say Jared Gruber makes, makes the Doc Hollywood course look a lot cooler than I ever could. Oh, weird. Like all of a sudden it's a lot more beautiful. A lot more people are going to be like, wow, this course is amazing. I should really go down there and do this free ride with Tim and the gang. You should. Maybe uh, next year for your promotional materials, you should uh, grab some of those shots from his yeah. website. You know, I uh, still have not framed my Gruber shot that I bought uh, a few months ago of Wout and uh, Vanderpool at Worlds um, or at Flanders. Anyway. But. Is that the one with Philippe crashing in the background? No, <laughs> no, no. Oh. Tim's that was my photo. Zoom background for a while. But, you know, yeah. think of your Instagram game. Uh, you know, it's a social world. You got to be on top of things. Um, you know, you can't just, I mean, 
you can make anybody believe anything on the internet these days. You could you could put up that you did a, a thirteen twenty five five uh, k, and you know everybody believe it. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. I do. I do hope that you guys are able to come down and join me at least once. Um, Spencer, I, you I can like drive to. the car if you want. Um, <laughs> like, uh-huh. Or I'll get you a moto. It's a fun ride. I, you guys have put up with me for years talking about it on the podcast, and it's a, it's a ton of fun. So it was great to see world-class individuals out there, out there. Yeah, I did a pre-ride with you one time or whatever. It's a beautiful course. I'll attest to that. I wasn't there yeah. for the event. Yeah. But, no. Tim, I want to circle back to Alaphilippe, um, your boy. I know he's your favorite uh-huh. racer. Yeah. Uh, just finished second at Tour de la Provence. Yeah, I was hoping to skip over this part. Looking actually. good. Um, pretty active. First race of the year on the attack, climbing well with the Colombians. How yeah, you but again, this race doesn't really matter. Um, so nothing you can say is going to make me care about this race okay, whatsoever. Okay, so I wish right now I wanted to spend the time to jump in the old time machine <laughs> and edit in. Because a year ago, a certain Nairo Quintana uh, lit it up at this race, winning. Oh, yeah. On the mountain. Oh, I love that guy. And I'm pretty sure you probably went completely crazy on the podcast about how it was Nairo's year and all this stuff. So maybe this does <laughs> matter. You had Sosa winning, well, Philippe second, Bernal back with no back pain in third. Well, hopefully transitive po- properties means that Nairo's success from last year is now going to translate to Alaphilippe <laughs> success for this year. Oh, ouch. man. Ouch. I know you hate on him, but I've got to say, uh, world champion comes out first weekend, shows the jersey, uh, working hard, working for teammates, right. putting it down on the mountain. I know we're supposed to dislike him. I know we've been kind of against Alaphilippe, no, you guys but can he's like him. doing you the jersey like the proud enemy. so far. That's fine. You know, little guy, you can like the enemy. I just want to shout this out real quick. I don't like his bike. I think his bike is hideous for a world championship bike. Oh, yeah. I think the Mads Peterson world championship bike was beautiful. This bike, don't want one. Looks kind of ugly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's no moots. (laughs) Oh, my God. It. That would be the chaos of my life if Alaphilippe suddenly just showed up one day as like on a rebranded Moots, mm-hmm. right? Like it's clearly a Moots and it's just like got a specialized sticker on it. Like, oh, Alaphilippe going for the titanium um, heartstrings. That'd be amazing. Needs a complaint. Absolutely love that. So little guy, what else is going on in this race? Like why is it, is it a multi-day, one day? Four stages. Ballerini won some. Sosa won the big mountain stage. Bernal working for him. The SkyTrain in full effect, despite the fact that every third article on the internet is about how they're not going to do the train anymore, and they're all about attacking and showing their uh-huh. their total aggression and just wanting to... Obviously, they get to the mountains. They know it works. They lay down the law. One guy attacks. It's it's, it's classic uh, disinformation in the media uh, yeah. by the big Grand Tour team. We've we've seen this before. Oh, it's it's um, great that it's completely the Lance playbook. It's like they did the Lance yeah. thing, and then when people are like, that's boring, they're like, oh, we're not going to do it anymore. We're going to be like super exciting. And then they just do it, and you're like, obviously. Why did why did all the yeah. cycling sites write 50 so articles about it? I have I have one question. You mentioned Sosa. Uh, who who is this? I thought um, Sky had some other leaders uh, all figured out. It's true. I like how he just dropped that in there, like yeah. we knew who that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, as of last week, y- if you were going to ask about all the GC leaders, right, you'd be like Bernal, Thomas, uh-huh. Carapaz, uh-huh. Port, one of the what you call it brothers. I don't even remember their Yates brothers. That's five. Uh-huh. Um, and then, yeah, you're still, you have to dig and they go, oh, yeah, Sosa's a chan- uh, probably a GC guy at any other team. And then they have Sinkovitz. That's seven. Koenig? <laughs> I think he's retired. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't De- think he's been around. <laughs> they also have Deplus or Deplus or whatever who just moved to them who supposedly has eyes on becoming a GC rider. It's, I just want to say that this is actually crazy. impressive because he's not looking at pro cycling stats to see it. Like, like he could have gone through this much quicker if he was actually looking at the pro cycling stats. But this yeah. is how much yeah. of a fan little guy is. It's like I actually respect watch bike little guy. <laughs> respect. <laughs> well, I watch bike racing. I just don't no, care I enough mean, about I, eight different GC guys. Um, I'm. But I, it, I, it. It. It really. Inter- I'm really like the the inner workings of how Ineos is going to be able to keep 
all these guys happy. Like it was crazy last year with the amount of GC guys they had. And now You've with Froome gone, they didn't create any space. They brought in more legitimate <laughs> GC guys. And then well, they, they got replaced guys Froome like with Port. And I know No, I, no, no. They they replaced Froome with uh Gelgen Hart. Like he's their new guy, right? Oh god, I totally didn't even mention him, right? That's how crazy it is. Like look at that. I just listed <laughs> off GC guys and I didn't mention the guy who won the Giro last year. That's how stacked <laughs> this team is. It's like do you, completely do you know what the forgot worst part the, guy is the guy we lost. The Giro. We we lost dozens of listeners that turned it off because they were so mad at you for not mentioning oh, taking. I no, I lost um, I lost Gagan all Hart. our British our British listeners. I'm sorry. I apologize. I forgot. But yeah. That yeah, no, we still Spencer, have the you're totally right. Like so everything's it's nuts. cool. It's nuts. It's nuts. It's bonkers. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if necessarily it could be argued that that wasn't really a sky train at the front of the race. It was just all their team leaders trying to be at the front, mm-hmm. and it just looked like a sky train trying to control the pace. Yeah, <laughs> that could totally be. <laughs> They're just one after any, another any, trying <laughs> to get away from each other, and then even if you look at the the top, the top four on the, whatever on the fourth stage, like Walt Poles was fourth, so he's barely left the the Ineos Sky fold, and he's still like mm-hmm. in there, like mixing it up with them, like trying to be part of their group. Are they gonna? They're gonna make stuff boring again, aren't they? Matteo Jorgensen got a solid fourteenth overall for Movistar, the American hero, but didn't he get like crashed out? Yes, on stage spectacularly two, yeah. And it must have been because he was in the super tuck while his <laughs> forearms were on the handlebars. Uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, he was definitely in the super tuck, seventh in in the sprint line or whatever. <laughs> I think a fan just was leaning over too far, which is weird because there haven't been hmm. a lot of fans at bike races, and the fans finally show back up, and then they crash somebody out. So maybe you they're think out maybe of the UCI would do something about you know safe courses where that wouldn't be an issue, but instead they're focusing on super tucks well and bars on hands on handlebars yeah and by the way for the record i'm okay with them can't like banning the super tuck because i hate going on group rides when i see people doing super tucks i hate it really it's dumb people doing that yeah yeah i'm totally i'm totally okay with them banning it i'm not okay with them banning the the wrists on the handlebars where on earth in Florida is there anywhere to super tuck? Yeah, you got no hills. When do you when do you have that much time? Sugarloaf. How many times do I have to tell you guys about this one hill that we have here? You guys um, ride there just yeah. so you can practice your super tucks? Some monster twelve second descent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just I just think that this whole setup well, anyways, I hope Jorgensen is good and feels better. He still finished solidly. Yeah, I think he's but, he's fine, um, but yeah, it's like good. I do think it's a little telling how you guys want to focus all about this race that doesn't really matter all that much, but then you're totally going to skip over the fact that Quebec Assos won a race um, today. That's true. And we were Maria. with yeah. Giacomo Nizzolo beating a stacked field at the Classica del Maria. Yeah. Um, apparently, there's another Estonian for Bora Hansgrove, Martin Lass. I didn't know that. I like that guy now. Um, he's going to beat little like. I don't know which one of you thought they were going to be Estonian to become the national champion. I think it was little guy. I was thinking about it, and then I realized it didn't work at all. There's uh, they're yeah. way too stacked, especially considering how small a country they are. It's uh, it's it's Super no Slovenia, yeah. but it's it's trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. They're definitely looking good. Um, off the Schneid though for Quebecer uh, Assos. Uh, yeah. So they won't be the last place team at the end of the season, right? I mean, it's probably going to be Kofidis. Or is it going to be Bike Exchange? I mean, I, I mean, Bike Exchange does have Michael Matthews, so we, they should be also looking at some solid wins during the year. Well, Kofidis has already won. They won a stage with Laporte last week. And, I mean, fourth stage of Provence, uh, Bauhaus from Bahrain, I didn't actually believe they'd win, won. So they already actually got a W. So the teams I didn't think would actually win anything are winning things so far i'm i'm gonna put in a vote for fdj um bringing up the rear uh Ooh. because Is i think pino? i think pino has really shown his cards and been like hey guys i don't i don't have it i don't care that much i'm kind of out of things yeah i, I wouldn't want to coach me i wouldn't want to be my manager 
and and I love that. It, uh, I think the interview you did is fantastic. If you haven't read it, you should go check it out. No, it's um, it's great that he fully opens fully up. support him. Yeah, but um, I just think that uh, that just does not bode well for FTJ's results for the year, um, mm-hmm. despite having Demar or whoever um, up there. Yeah, Demar. He's been up. He's been close so far this year, but yeah, he hasn't won yet. So I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they. Because uh, who else do they have to win? You know, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Maybe. Uh, do you think? Do you think it's time for Pinot to pivot to gravel? It, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that are going to be pivoting to gravel pretty soon. Um, my only fear for Pinot to do that is that the descents on gravel roads are way sketchier than the descents off of mountain roads. Hmm. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. You guys remember the um what was the gravel race that was here in Minnesota that we used to do that was before gravel racing was a thing? It was the first road race in of Alonzo? the year. No, no, oh, before uh, Oxbow. Oxbow. So we had this race in Minnesota. It was the first race every year for a while. It was called Oxbow, partially on gravel. And but everyone a just race showed up before it's time. Holy oh, crap. Totally. A race before it's time. Totally. Yeah. Um but everybody showed up on just road bikes, basically. Everyone was on, like, 23s, and it was the first race of the year. It was, like, in March or early April, and it was kind of nuts when you think about it. But there was one descent, which I don't think there was anything tricky about that, but I always was alone because I was dropped by then. But every year, somebody broke a collarbone on that. I mean, every, <laughs> every single, single year. Every yeah. year, it'd be like you give back to the cars, and you'd be like, oh, did you hear what happened to Steve? And you'd be like, collarbone on that hill, you know? It's like every year one guy <laughs> fell on that hill. Without fail. So gravel, maybe it is kind of scary. Very, very interesting. I, I miss those um I, I miss I miss those early uh races. Um there's a lot more to talk about, but I just want to say that the the Twitter, the slow ride pod Twitter, find us at the slow ride pod, um been getting lots of great messages um coming in. One of my favorites uh came in today, and this one comes to us from Ely B. Um, based on search autocomplete, it would seem that Matt is the most <laughs> popular host of the Slow Ride Pod. And because mm. if you put in Slow Ride Podcast, the autocomplete would be Twitter, Instagram, and then Little Guy, <laughs> and then YouTube, and then Live Slow Live Slow Ride Fast Podcast. Um, and I can assure you that that not very many people are googling for the uh, the Live Slow Ride Podcast. Um, but yeah, so little guy, how does that make you feel to be the most popular and included in an autocomplete? Uh, it was that was great. You know, I never thought I'd be part of an autocomplete, um, and I'm glad I didn't say little guy feet. So that was nice. Um, mm. I I so I googled myself then because I kind of wondered what it like in that way, little, slow ride little guy, to see what it um, told you. You know, kind of SEO you had. Yeah, and it brings up like our Tumblr, our bios off our Tumblr, which we probably wrote when we started the podcast, and they haven't changed since then. A few other things. Yeah, I don't think Tumblr exists. Um, <laughs> it brings up, so if you do that, if you are doing that to learn about me, you will learn six-year-old facts about me. You'll see a picture of me from like 2007, and maybe a picture from 2018 at the best. You won't learn much about me, or... You'll get no facts. Probably it's, a good thing. It's, it's kind of yeah. hilarious if if you do search for me with the pod, you you learn nothing. You you get misinformation. So I was I kind of it's, enjoyed that. It's kind of like listening to the podcast. It's it actually, is like listening to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sounds very yeah. familiar. Yeah. This Zuckerberg guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, hashtag Ask Slow Ride. Um, we got a couple here based on uh, your last episode. This is a little while back. The city of Richmond has cast a bronze statue of our Lord Peter Sagan popping a wheelie in <laughs> Zwiftlandia. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but okay. it seems that in Zwiftland, also all of the racist statues that are in Richmond, Virginia were torn down and replaced by, of course, Peter Sagan um, popping a wheelie. Uh, all, all about that. Uh, we will never uh, forget the Peter Sagan um, victory salute. Um, so thanks for to uh, gooey grilled cheese for that one. Um, nice. But the next one comes to us from friend of the pod, uh, Rob, behind the man behind Criterium Nation. I feel like this is a Matt four six two nine two zero nine seven question. <laughs> See why can't By people the way, Google Matt, me? What is why can't people Google me? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, what's up with your Twitter account handle? 
Well, like, how many? What do these numbers mean? I don't know. Your social security, like, <laughs> no, that's, that's just auto generated. Auto- that's just auto generated. This is Were you trying to be lost, a bot? I lost the lost the password lost to the little guy Matt account. Yeah, which you guys which, had created. So people need to know this. Mm-hmm. You guys created a Twitter account for me in like 2011, and at some point and we I tweeted took it as over you for a little while. Yeah, yeah at some yeah. point I took it over for many years, and then at some point <laughs> I like did a master reset on a phone I had because it was something was wrong with it, and I was like, oh no, I don't know that Twitter password, and I don't. Anyway, I can't get back into the one the Twitter account that makes sense for me. So I created this one. I'm Finyon fan. Just it's, I'm at Finyon fan. Don't worry about all the other junk. It'll get you there, you know. It's unfortunate you can't just merge Twitter accounts cuz little guy, I got some bad news for you. Yeah. The password on that account is the super rookie standard password that no. has been everything. No, but here's the time. problem. Here's the problem. I changed it. At some point, I changed it to my own password, but I outsmarted hey, myself. Hey, let's spell out what Tim's password could possibly no, be no. for yeah. all the listeners. <laughs> we, we won't do that, but let's see. Just gonna, you, you guys talk amongst yourselves. just going to go see if you can get in. If you can hack in, that's cool. Uh, Tim, all Tim right. so let's, let's get to the Ask Slow Ride question yeah. uh, from coming to us from, uh, from our good friend Rob. Um, I'm pretty sure this is a Matt question, but I'm going with the full slow ride pod for it. Is there anything more frustrating in bikes than the presumably presumably phantom fear that your stem isn't straight? You fuss and fidget, but it never looks right. What's the mm-hmm. what's the trick? Uh trick. I don't know. Trick. It is terrible. Um, that it is always w- not one of my one of my brake levers is maybe like one one hundredth of a millimeter higher on you know like on the hood than the other one that drives me out of my mind too that never gets me there's two things that get me one is the stem for sure the stem not being straight for some reason i totally get that's a that's a solid one especially if you're traveling with your bike and you kind of tuck it to the side or yeah you you gotta move it a few times uh, you gotta straighten it all out and then the um the the other one is how to put my um quick release levers out Mm-hmm. on the uh on my rear wheel because on the way my bike is framed do you do you put the quick release lever 45 degrees between where the chain stay and the seat stay come or do mm-hmm. you put it backwards parallel with the seats or with Ooh. the chain stay i don't like backwards and but some dropouts you have to yeah exactly i have to do it that way and it drives me nuts because i want to do it forwards between the two uh, the chain stay and the seat stay kind of like equilibrium yep. there. But, uh, anyway, it's a, it's a uh, hassle. Yeah. That's bad, Rob. I'm with you. I, I did after I saw this from you, I, I didn't tweet back. I should tweet it back, but, um, I saw that tune, everybody knows the German crazy Uber carbon weird, uh, hubs and, uh, goofy aluminum cranks. Um, German brand tune makes, uh, weird carbon laser that you put on your stem and then it like shoots a laser level line down rather than just using a plumb bob like a normal human um you can get this laser thing i actually don't know if they still make it but they they made it four or five years ago Mm -hmm. probably pick one up for six seven hundred dollars i'm sure off german ebay (laughs) um (laughs) no big deal for the one time every year or two you need to straighten your stem um, they probably have it at Fair Wheel Bikes down in Tucson, the only place that probably stocks tuned components in America. So that's a that's a solid um, shout. I didn't know that. Oh man, that's pretty good. But um, well, I think that what we should do is um, while we're uh, busy cracking into little guy's old Twitter account, we are <laughs> gonna uh, check in with our with our sleuth, the man behind the scenes from the hit movie Sneakers. Of course, I'm talking about Michael Matthews. Um, let's get with it in the pre-lap. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. As always, we'd like to thank all the listeners and um, supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, and you can become one yourself by heading to wideanglepodium.com and click that donate button and see how you can support the podcast because believe it or not this does cost a little bit of money to keep hosted on and we'd love to get any kind of support that you can give to us if you ever wanted to buy us a beer 
it is well received and it does allow us to support not only this podcast but all of the other great podcasts that are on the network including the before mentioned criterium nation nowhere fast and grodio and of course um our good friends over at cyclocross radio yeah and i know i mentioned that stem thing before but none of us have that carbon fiber stem thing so like we have to set our stems without that so we could really use your help yeah yeah. For real, it's we're great. Buying you, all the expensive tools, stuff, but we're actually not going to um, buy that with it. <laughs> your money. We'd also like to thank uh, Willa's Kitchen for their continued support. Head over to Willa's Kitchen to get some of the very best oat milk in the business, and use the promo code SLOWRIDE20 to save twenty percent on your order or subscription. Mm-hmm. And as always, Grimper Brothers with their support with WideAnglePodium.com/slash/coffee. Two great coffee blends to check out. You're going to love it. And finally, lots of people were asking about the chamois cream last week, thinking about me when they were getting the tingle is the miracle. Just head over to bucklerskincare.com and take a look at the Miracle WAP chamois cream. It is fantastic. Get the big tub because you're going to love it. <laughs> it's good stuff. I don't know about your endorsement, but it is really good stuff. And uh, with that, let's get back to the show. I'm Helen Wyman, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, we have so much to go over this week, and we have some emails to get to. Um, So let's just jump right into a couple of the emails. The first one comes to us from longtime friend of the podcast, multi-time emailer. And, of course, I'm talking about Leo Black Label. Hey, guys. Thanks for the excellent cycling content from Zwift to e-bikes to dumpster diving and homemade rail bikes. I'll start at the beginning, but try to get to the point quickly. My dad retired and built himself a rail bike a few years ago. It's an English three-speed step-through frame with some wooden arms and a little wheels on an outrigger. Wow. I was talking to him the other day and asked if he had any pictures I could share with the fan experience zone on Facebook. Sadly... He told me it's been decommissioned and is headed to the trash. After receiving some stern warnings from railroad police, he is on their list and he promised he will be in real trouble next time if they see him out there in that confounded contraption. (laughs) He has been a lifelong rail fan and photographer, so to avoid railroad jail, he has disassembled the rail bike and at 72 years old, bought a fat bike to explore the sidetracks. Nice. Back trails of the rail yards. So why am I rumbling, rambling on about my cool dad? Ah, uh, yes. If little guy has any interest in this rail bike my dad made, I'd be happy to arrange a handoff. Dad said he would be glad to see it go to a use instead of the landfill. It's a fit to that specific frame, but could be modified to fit yours, little guy. The yes. wheels and bearings and hardware at least are all present and functional. Let me know if you can use it. P.S. Whatever you do, my dad says watch out for the black SUVs on the rail service roads. <laughs> Apparently, they have no sense of humor or appreciation of adventure. Take, yeah. clear, take care and stay warm. Leo Black Label, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Little guy, I'm assuming that you have already picked this thing up and tried it out. I, I have not picked it up, but I have responded to Leo that, uh, yes, I would, <laughs> I would very much love this. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Super the picture cool. is amazing. Yeah. Um, I am excited to see you on this. Me Here's too. my little question. Guy, little guy, gonna... are you are you in shape enough to avoid the bulls? Um you know, I mean the, the problem is I'll be on a rail bike so I have to like jump off and like fold it up or something. I don't know. Uh but you guys know my plan. I I plan on riding some tracks that hopefully have not many bulls on them. I'm not going to go ride any of the tracks I like tried to hop trains on 20 years ago, you know. So keep it simple. It, when you guys were hopping trains as kids, um, did you ever come across a hobo or fellow train hopper that had a rail bike with them? No, but I remember there was a, no. a guy in town one time that I think he might have stayed at my a house I lived at, like a, a friend of a friend, and he had supposedly hopped, like hopped a train to Minneapolis, and he had a like a DiBernardi track bike, and I was just like, it's crazy. Like you're just on it. Like, how would you hide it? Like, how would you get a deeper and hardy track bike on 
um on what like what did he ride it it boggled my mind and also at the time i was like could have got scratched like who the hell cares but (laughs) (laughs) probably just pop the wheels off the old track bike drop it in the messenger bag the whole frame is one piece and then the wheels strap them on maybe maybe the total japanese rinko frame build yeah took it apart folded Mm -hmm. it up had the little the the whole rinko thing so uh, that would have been a weird m- mesh of worlds, um, but I don't know. Cycling cat computations for little guy. Hey, slow ride. Love the show. Helps with the long commutes to work. On last week's show, 329, a great idea for USA Cycling was brought forward. I think if we borrow from a few other sports, we could achieve a system that has you race like powered riders in an improved cat world. Bear with me here. From those of you who forgo our socks, occasionally the USA Triathlon has a scoring system by comparison of pace setters, which are regular racers based on the performances of the year prior. This gives them a numerical score that is then standardized by comparing your completion time to theirs. Hmm. I like where you're going here, uh, Kevin from Mississippi. In turn... Your rank is based on compared performance. That could be used to assign categories like the U.S. Chess Federation uses. Now you're losing me. Where your score <laughs> determines your class and your race within your present score category. If you outperform those with a similar score, you go up and they go down. Oh, I get it. So this is kind of similar to what we've talked in the past. This is about like the um, how the ski systems and the ski federations use mm-hmm. this, where there's a standard... Level So actually, you don't sign up for a Category 3 race. You would sign up for like 300, 300 to 400. And then your whatever yep. your ranking is, that's where it play, paces you. So actually, this does away with all Masters 45-plus racing because you would just be stuck with people that are your skill level in theory. I like this mm-hmm. idea. This is, this is good. All this can be done without having to use blockchain. Also, I fully expect the <laughs> return of the... Well, then it's out. We're out. Yeah. Also, we I fully... The- also, I fully expect the return of the Mighty Ducks from Education First, and anything less will be highly disappointing. If you hung in yeah, this well, long for taking the time, thanks for keep taking the time. Keep up the hard work. Kevin from Mississippi. Wonder what part of Mississippi Kevin's from. The cool part or the lame part? Um, probably the cool part. Probably the cool part. Definitely the cool part if he's listening to the pod. There's a, a western part of Mississippi. He's got some great bike riding. Just gonna throw that out there, and then also the Natchez Trace is there. If you guys ever want to meet me out there for yeah, a little bike yeah. camping adventure, I've said before Spencer? I want I would love to bike. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for the email. Um, so, so yeah, I like this idea. I I love this idea. I think it's great. Um, I think uh, much like you know that the the. the the speed limit on the highway is supposed to work. Like if everyone's going around 55, it should flow pretty good. But it's when you get the people going 75 and you get a couple of people going 45 that things get a little dicey, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what your master's categories are. You get the mm-hmm. the actual fast masters and you get the guys who are just like, well, I'm too old. I don't want to do a cat three race or whatever. You're Danny Glover's, and it if just you will. Gets yeah, I I feel like it's getting, you know, it's actually worse for everyone. <laughs> yes. And you'd probably actually have a safer race if you're in a group that's all going roughly the same speed. So I really like this, you know, like the 1,000 to 2,000s, the 2,000s to 3,000s, like much like the, you know, like your running times or whatever. Like this is a much better system. I don't think USA Cycling is ever going to do it, but <laughs> if we can incorporate blockchain <laughs> – I'm sure we can get Elon Musk to invest a $1.5 billion mm-hmm. into our venture. I don't know. Just save cycling. I don't know. USA Cycling seems real cutting edge on adopting cool new um, things. Well, I'll put together a pitch deck and we'll see what happens. Speaking of pitch decks, Josh Kohler um, at Florida Cycling Nut on Twitter hits us up with spinoff series ideas, Little Guy's Garage. Listening to Mitch Docker's spinoff podcast with Heinrich Hausler, Talking Luft, I couldn't help but daydream about a Slow Ride podcast spinoff series based slowly on little guy's routine daily activities. Picture this. Motion-activated wildlife trail cameras installed in the little guy's garage or basement or backyard. No dialogue. Just a video feed of little guy in his natural environment. 
It's like he's living in a zoo. Little guy sharpens his pencil and works with a protractor and gum eraser. Little guy working on his Schwamigan bike yeah. or cargo bike build. Just so it can break down. Little guy preparing for the Twin Cities bike swap. Little guy making adjustments to the Tom Boone and Tom Boone and skills course. Little guy rummaging uh-huh. through a box of random Campagnolo components. It really doesn't matter because the content is pure gold. I'm thinking something like the Truman Show where the viewers can just open up the link and watch it anytime. Spencer and Tim deserve their own spinoff series. But first is Little Guy. Tim, we can merchandise this. Like, I, th- I think we need to talk offline about th- this is a great idea. Yeah, no, um, it's a little weird for me, but I think there's some content. Yeah, you're not part of it. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, let me. I'm let with me you, tell Spencer. You. We can definitely come up with some good stuff. The, this email cut close to home because I live here. But also, <laughs> I do have a skills course I built in the backyard right now. I haven't shared any pictures of it but it's a little snow skills course i built one berm i built a little bump there's a little course to ride mm-hmm. around the yard it's pretty fun uh two currently where i'm sitting i do have a box of bike parts underneath this <laughs> table <laughs> to mm-hmm. sell on ebay slowly i'm trying to like thin mm-hmm. the thin the stock a little bit so i do have boxes of bike parts kind of all around the house uh, and current, so I spent the last week in my garage fixing uh, my mother-in-law's Nissan Sentra. So that's what's been in my garage. It's gone mm-hmm. now, thankfully. Hopefully, it doesn't come back. <laughs> it will, little guy. Uh, I just got, I got bad news. Well, for it. it can't so get in. It can't get in because my broken car is in there right now. So. Is the uh, Nissan Versa or is the Nissan Sentra really on brand for a little guy's garage? Though I'm a little worried about that. No, it's go- I mean I points. I agree it's not it's gone. Uh currently there is a uh 1995 uh, Mercedes E300 in there that only goes in reverse. So <laughs> it has no forward <laughs> gears. So that is very on brand and in my driveway is a van again with a couple tarps <laughs> on it. <laughs> so I think I'm on brand in that department. Okay. Speaking of Mercedes, are you therefore becoming more of a fan of Quebeca Assos because they do have the big Mercedes logo on their shoulder this year? Um, no, because I believe that, uh, Mercedes has not made a good car since 1995. So, uh, that's the last good year of any Mercedes since, and since then they're garbage. Hey fellas. Interesting. <laughs> movie recommendation. This one comes to us from Alex Kaplan. I just watched a movie called the racer. You can stream it for free on Amazon prime. It's pretty dark and gritty. And I imagine in a, in a solid look of lower-level bike racing in Belgium, I guess. I'm not 100% sure what the plot was exactly about because I'm really stoned. <laughs> it wasn't until the movie was over that I realized how stoned I was, and the movie was actually mostly in Dutch, I think. I got the gist of it, though. Anyway, I will give it 7 out of 10 and makes lower-level bike racing look super lame, similar to what I think minor league baseball is like here in the States. If you get a chance to watch it or you haven't already, love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Alex from Delaware. Um, hope hope you're doing fine, and uh, I will definitely check that out. The Racer. Have you guys watched this? I have not. I have not, though. I'm going to have to add this to the queue. Yeah. Yeah. All right. uh, yeah, it does sound bleak, especially if you can't understand anything they're saying. It might be extra bleak if it's just guys guys popping testosterone pills and riding crits. It- it gives me an idea that maybe we could produce a film about minor league baseball and sell it to Dutch Netflix, you know? Mm-hmm. If oh, we're into, really you know, low-level bike racing over here, they might be into low-level baseball over there. What if we do a movie <laughs> about a guy who hears a spirit that tells him to plow down half his corn I was, cornfield to oh, you're, to build a velodrome? <laughs> You're picking up what I'm putting down, little guy. We are not writing a movie here. We are just remaking them. <laughs> we're taking some cues, some historical context. Yeah, and, uh, oh, yeah we're just running like, with it. He never got to know his dad, but his dad was a track racer, you know, so he builds this velodrome, and everyone's like, Dad, nobody, nobody <laughs> rides the, the, the track bikes last... anymore, dude. <laughs> yeah. The very, the very last scene of the movie is like, Dad, do you want to have a match sprint? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then his daughter uh, chokes on a hot dog, and the dad has to give yeah. up give up his velodrome. Wait, ghost days. you mean the dad? I think you mean Moonlight Graham, aka Moonlight Graham. 
who could be Moonlight Graham in this uh, in this uh, aspect? Who who's some racer that only did one day of racing and then yeah. like Ted yeah. King like Recently did did two days at the uh, Tour de France? And then it's like oh he could he could have done it if if he would have had the real uh, team behind him giving him the full support. That could mm-hmm. be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Logan Divelbus hits us up. GCN. Hey, Slow Ride Pod. I was enjoying yet another fantastic pod from you all and wanted to share my experience with the GCN app. Like you, I was bombarded with ads for the $25 a year subscription and thought it was too good to be true. It took some digging, but I was able to find out the races that were broadcast in the U.S. It's not great, but it's definitely worth the $25. As soon as I saw KBK and Milan San Remo, plus the remaining super prestige and trophy cyclocross races would be included... I happily paid the fee. Plus, I get to watch cringy GCN documentaries. In my opinion, it's a much better deal than Flow Bikes. But sadly, no UCI World Cups or Grand Tours. But maybe the Giro? Question mark. Cheers from Oregon, Logan D. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem with his logic there. Uh, We already know who's going to win KBK. It's Quick Step. Boom. That's done. I I don't need to watch that. You watch the day before Quick Step wins the next day. That's how it goes. Just mail him the donkey already. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy Jesper Salstedt hits us up gentlemen the Klein disease is spreading and has reached the outskirts of Europe is this the next pandemic how do we stop it negative PCR test max 48 hours before surfing the internet visiting the happy ride it's our local version of bike exchange need help ASAP you need to finish what you started. Keep on keeping on. And then he provides a picture of a Klein Adept 1993 with the sunset fade, like which would be the hyper orange fade, mm-hmm. for 20, 290,000 Swedish kroners, which is something like $3,500. So Klein Corner is taking over Europe, and it is going gangbusters. Yeah, we warned you. Okay, um, you're sitting on that Klein Pulse 2, I believe. Klein yeah, Pulse it's a Pulse 2. Comp- I think it's a 2. Okay, Pulse 2. I have to look at it. What color okay. is it again? It's the black so, one, right, little guy? It's just black, yeah, with the gold essentially, letters. Essentially, what little guy has here is he got in GameStop when it was $2. No, totally. <laughs> and right now, it's trading at around 300 <laughs> and... Well, the Klein I, people are saying it's gonna get to a thousand, little guy. But I don't know if it will. When are you gonna sell this Klein? Are you, are you gonna maximize your potential? Are you in it for the long haul? What's going on? This here? is a good question. This is a good question. I have, um, I have considered. For the record, little guy bought this Klein when it was at like fifty, and then it went down to two, and now it's going back up. <laughs> I, yeah, I bought this Klein in two thousand eight, and everybody made fun of me for buying it, but. Yeah, <laughs> it was old then. It was old then. Um, I no, I have thought about since they are so expensive on eBay, putting mine on eBay for just like six thousand dollars and just leaving it on eBay, <laughs> just for just as long. Video. Yeah, just forever, you know, and just see if at some point um, it just accidentally happens. You know what I mean? Just just buy it now. Mm-hmm. Start the start the bidding at three thousand, but buy it now at six thousand. Um. <laughs> Bet. You know, somebody will do it. Somebody will do that eventually. Hopefully, yeah. I should, I should, I should put it up there. Um, my rear wheel, my my rear wheel, my sweet vintage Ringlay hub on my client did die the other day. Um, so, uh, it's the bike's looking a little worse well, for wear at the moment. So. Yeah, maybe you should have got out uh, a little earlier then, little <laughs> guy. It sounds like. Uh, the bottom's falling out of this thing for you <laughs> here, is. and Reddit is not going to save you this time. I, I should have bought um, more of them back in 2008, man. That's you really, really what should I have. Done. You know, I famously uh, previously owned about I think four or five bitcoins. Um, yeah, uh, which I no longer have, and I regret. So yeah, you know, but what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember making fun of you when you bought those bitcoins. I was like, Ah, Spencer, you're an idiot. I can't believe you spent $500 on that. And uh, I just want to apologize to you now, Spencer. Um, (laughs) And also thanks to Brian and Jeff for additional emails um, about everything from cyclocross racing to the protein bottles. I have not gotten any protein bottles sent to us at the PO box, but uh, feel free to just email us at the slow ride pod at gmail.com. 
get the address. But gentlemen, <laughs> we are near the end of the podcast, and I created the I I committed the mortal sin on a bike ride yesterday. Okay, you've waited this long to to drop this news on us. What? Well, I'm kind of burying it because do? the person that I did it to doesn't listen to the podcast. But just in case he was listening to the podcast, he's <laughs> definitely not making it 50 minutes in. Good work. So, hang on, little guy. How many rides do you think we've been on with Tim? Like ballpark estimate, uh, multiple hundreds, yeah, multiple like hundreds. maybe a thousand. A lot of rides. A lot of rides. What do you think he could have done that is worse than something he's done on one of the rides we've been <laughs> on with him? Yeah, that's I'm, tough. When I think of rides with I'm Tim, afraid. I think of that time he ripped his derailleur off, and I think of yeah. just the biggest chocolate muffin available at wherever we stop just or ice cream uh, yeah. i mean i'm thinking of the see-through shorts yes. like uh, these kind of situations yeah, the red, the I, red I used to have see-through shorts you had yeah. yeah and you had you had that unfortunate time period where we had a lighter colored <laughs> kit and you had a red saddle mm-hmm. that was yeah disintegrating that was yeah I, I actually think that that was Spencer's joke on me the whole time when suddenly he just unveiled the gray innards of the bib shorts. And then I was like, dude, you know, every saddle I have is a, is a red flight. Yeah. <laughs> my, my shorts still look um, okay because I rode a black so, saddle, but yes. So on Saturday, I went out for a bike ride. Um, I have been uh, riding uh, uh, here. I tend to be in smaller groups, um, you know, maybe with five or six in this I, I did on Saturday go with a, a bigger group. There's maybe 20 people on the ride. Um, and we were riding out around Lake, Lake Apopka on the west side of Orlando, and it just started pouring rain. This is the hardest rain I have ever ridden in in my life. Like to the point where I got to maximum soakage that I just didn't even care anymore. And you guys may remember the one time I actually did well in a cyclocross race was when it was super rainy and muddy because I just didn't care anymore. Um, the Orno classic, I think I got sixth mm-hmm. overall, if you guys want to remember. Um, yeah. nice. but, uh, th- that was only 14 years ago, but anyways, I'm out there and it was pouring rain and I went with the, I normally ride with a group of four guys, um, four of us total. Um, three of us went on this ride and it's a drop ride. And, we were out there riding and suddenly one of our guys just kind of sat up to go check on his, his, uh, his, his friend that he was riding with, you know, another gentleman that we know. And I didn't know this. I didn't know that he had sat up and went to the back <laughs> pouring rain. So we get to the T intersection at the end and the guy I usually ride with, I'm like, and he's like, Oh, have you, uh, you know, did you, did you see him go, go back there? And I'm like, I, ah, uh, no, I didn't. He's like, oh, well, they're together. Everything's fine. And I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, I'm sure we can go. So we just started riding on with the group because it was selfish decision. I just really wanted to get home because it was cold and rainy. Um, sure. And then I get home. I send the text messages like, hey, do you guys all get home all right? <laughs> and yeah, uh, didn't go over. It went over like a lead balloon uh, in that I was just, along with my compatriot persona non grata for a while. And I felt horrible. Mm. I then proceeded to buy like $40 worth of beer and drop it off at the bike shop that my friend works at to, uh, as an apology. Yeah, Tim. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You can't is wait that, for everybody. Is that the though? worst thing you could possibly do is leave someone behind that you go to a group ride with? It has to be right. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a drop ride. How do you know? I guess that's, I don't know. I, I feel well, a little I, bit for you. Because it's hard to know. Sometimes. I feel bad, but in the situation, I was like, oh, everything. Like I started justifying every decision. Like, oh, he's with someone else. He's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it would have been a long, miserable ride. But anyway, yeah. I just didn't know if you guys have. I don't. I've never done that to you guys, and I felt horrible. And then, uh, so now, it's. I'm never going to hear the end of it. I know it. Probably not. Yeah, that's true. That seems that seems fair. Yeah. Enough. I mean, like today I got a text message and the, he goes like, I got a text message that he sent to the group that's like, hey guys, I went to the deli. I just wanted to let you know the lady at the deli counter also thought it was total BS what you guys did to me yesterday <laughs> when you just totally <laughs> left me out on the side of the road. That's good. That's super good. All right. I'm glad he's yeah. making the most of this. Really, really digging it in. Yeah. 
I mean, on your defense, tell him that the first time I ever rode out to Afton with you and a bunch of folks, I got dropped super hard and you waited for me. So tell him you can you can say, hey, you've done your time. I, I waited for you that day? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I'll never forget that little guy. This is kind of really want to get that. I'm just trying to think. I just I thought it was really bad. Um, so this might come up, and so I apologize. And don't do that to your friends. Make d- do better than I do yeah. though. Make a ride plan. Like that's what we didn't do. Like we just kind of all assumed that we'd be there together. And he was being nice to his friend that had dropped off. And then, in retrospect, we all should have just been like, yeah. What's it matter? Like, what's an extra five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can all just ride in together. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, and man, also, yes, it's middle of pandemic. If there's a good group. It's a middle of pandemic. It'd be probably a lot smarter to ride with just a little bit less people. Yeah, I mean, no. your zip par- your Zwift power numbers are gonna go way down though, because you didn't get that little extra. So. Yeah, that's very true. But just saying. So, do you um and little guy? I know that uh, one of the things that was coming up uh, that you had uh, hit me up with was uh, you, you were watching the X2O race today. Yes. And uh, you saw all that snow out there, and you were just missing the Minnesota cyclocross scene. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> snow, uh, kind of a weird course where there was like power line poles in the course. The course had to kind of go around. And the fact that there's not many fans on the side of the course uh, made it feel like I was watching uh, Minnesota um, cyclocross race, and it it made me a little nostalgic. It made me f- feel a little bit like, oh, I'm watching, I'm like watching the women's race right before I race or something. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I don't enjoy cycle watching pro cyclocross as much without the fans. I've realized I I really miss the fans watching Why cross is that? this year. I just it brings some excitement. It feels a little lonely when it's just people riding around a little course. Road racing, it doesn't bother me. I'm used to there not being that many fans, and if they are there, I feel like they're more of a problem. Whereas I feel like at the cross, they really bring <laughs> bring excitement to the to the race in a way that it's not important to me in the road, I guess, for whatever reason. It's true. It's 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 been striking, you know, like especially with the bigger races like the World Cups and the World Championships mm-hmm. uh, for cross, just not having any fans there at all um, is strange. You think it's a stadium type atmosphere? Kind of, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's still. I'm really glad the racing has happened, but um, and it's still been great. But and you know, it's it's just a little something different. It's funny. It's funny how um um. You said earlier that not having fans at cross makes it worse, but then how not having fans standing in the road at the Tour de France makes it better. Yes, <laughs> like it's. What they're all cycling fans. It's it's wild, kind of how the the difference between the two, you know, because watching the the final couple k of a mountaintop finish or whatever, I'm just like anxious, waiting for the barriers mm-hmm. to finally get to that last three k or whenever they start the barriers, and uh, just will, willing fans out of the way, and uh, how how stressful that is for me. But across, it's kind of the opposite. Like I want people shoulder to shoulder all the way along the course because right. it creates that that same sort of atmosphere but with a different energy i don't know it has at least across it yeah right the, there's always barriers so there's some amount of control it's like i want that energy but i want that amount of control because i agree with the when the barriers come in the mountain stages um mm-hmm. the thing that i always get from the mountain stages is i don't understand being there and then being in the road that much that the guys can attack each other. They have to go single file. Yeah. So, like, the fact that yeah. sometimes you're watching the race and you're like, oh, man, like, Carapaz needs to go long or he's not going to be able to do this. And then all these jerks get in the road and he can't attack until 2K to go. And then you're right. like, well, he can't win if he can't go long. If you guys would just move out of the way. And, like, the people with the Ecuadorian flag. And you're like, just move out of his way and he could attack. He can't attack if you're in the <laughs> road. <laughs> like, you, ah. Driving me nuts. I don't know. You don't generally see the fans at Cyclocross affecting the race unless, you know, you're uh, talking smack to Bart Wellens during yeah, the race. Yeah, or you throw a beer can at Sven and he just throws mm-hmm. the bike down because he's having a bad race and marches over and gives you a stern talking to. One of the greatest oh Cyclocross moments The ever. look on that guy's face. Well, we got to figure out when that was from. That was oh, beautiful. 
Now, Spencer, when you you've been to Mount Saint Anne for the downhill, mm-hmm. did you go for a cross country there too, or were you just there for the downhill? I was there for both races at the World Championships. Okay. Yeah. So you went to those. You've also been to a World Championship Road and a World Championship Cyclocross. So kind of the trifecta. I have. I've been to I've track been World Championships. Um, uh, so that's the only one missing from your uh, your um, the, the ring that you're that you're going for, but. I, can you rank those four for me? Like what? Because right, you're a spectator. Which one? I guess, but disassociate yourself with the year that you were there, because obviously Richmond was cool because we were there with you. But um, what I'm saying is, what was more enjoyable? Road, mountain bike, wow. downhill. Richmond was cool because the UCI gave us press passes. It's yeah. <laughs> the on. only reason that was cool. Yeah. That was yeah. their big mistake. Oh, huge um, mistake. I thought Richmond was actually really well controlled. Like I didn't see, and maybe it's just because Libby Hill and stuff like that were so small that fans couldn't really get in the road and affect the races. But um, I feel like, yeah, like the world's on the road doesn't have quite the same problem that the tour does or the Giro and in those bigger events, you know, even though world's is a big event. Um, But as far as far as fans just being like very cordial and everything and like being aware of each other and not getting in the way of racing or each other, I actually thought the mountain bike, uh, both events, the downhill and the cross country were probably the most civil, you know, cause you've got that kind of freedom of the ski hill, ski town area to go- walk around in. Uh, you're not stuck to one location, but there's also like plenty of course to walk around and, and see and hang out at what about most exciting experience? Like what, like what, like you're standing on the side of the road, you're standing on the side of the trail, like what track, like what, what was the best of the four? Most exciting is probably cycle cross worlds. Um, it was, it was pretty fun. It's cause you see the racers so often, you know, and the atmosphere is a little, maybe a little more boisterous all the time. Like road worlds was buck wild, for the minute or so that everybody's going up the hill that we were on. (laughs) And then you wait about 20, 25 minutes for them to come back and do it again. Um, So there's like a lot of ebb and flow there where Uh, cycle cross worlds was a little more uh, all along. Like it was kind of steady. You know, Spencer, I'm going to have to disagree with you. When we walked down to that gas station, which was the only thing open close to the course at worlds. And I bought a bag of chips uh, midway through the Mm -hmm. men's race because it's super long and there's nowhere else to eat. Uh, It was pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> I, yeah you know it's tough to argue yeah, we yeah. should have had a, food a good bag of chips um yeah i will um i'm a little surprised that i i really want to go to a downhill world cup just to go stand on the side of a track so I, i'm hoping to go to snowshoe um here at some point i just think that it would be a lot of fun um to go hit up and i just i'm curious to you like is when you're at the downhill track because i've watched on red bull is it pockets of fans or is it pretty much just kind of the whole line up? Like, and you just kind of make sure you're not on the outside of the turn where if they overcook it, they're going to run into you. As just, it's at the features. Everybody okay. knows where they need to be. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you want a good spot at the good feature, get there early and camp out a spot. Um, you know, otherwise, yeah, it's pretty easy to move up and down and kind of catch good glimpses of lots of different spots. All right then. Well, Cool. Gentlemen, it's been a wonderful uh, time catching up with you again. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com and click the Donate tab to find out more. We'd also like to thank Willa's Kitchen for their continued support. Head over to Willa'sKitchen.com and use the promo code SLOWRIDE20. And go to Buckler Skincare. Check out the Miracle Wap Chamois Cream. And finally... Go to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to get your very own Grimper Brothers coffee blend from the Wide Angle Podium Network. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists. You'll see you out on the road running a 5K. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
Do you want to do this now? Do you want to do this now? Do you want to do this now? Better put this in after the credits. Bling Matthews is a a, a perfect fill-in for River Phoenix in the remake of that movie. You don't think he'd be Robert Redford? No. No. (laughs) Wow. What an episode. That was amazing. When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally, like, set them straight. Oh, man, that was great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. But, hey, since I have your attention now, hello, Cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon-to-be friends. My name's Bill. I host another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to WideAnglePodium.com Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends.